If you're spending all day thinking about yourself and being self-centered, it's pretty hollow. And if, if you can lift the spirits or, or you make a difference in, in someone else's life, it's kind of selfish. It sets us on a better path. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talent Playbook Podcast. My name is Jason Ferrara. I'm the Chief Marketing and Strategy Officer at Outmatch and your host for the podcast. Our podcast focuses on strategies for transforming your world of work. So during each podcast, we highlight someone who's transformed their organization or industry in a significant way. Today's guest is Ben Wright, the CEO of Velocity Global. So Ben will explain Velocity Global in greater detail during the podcast. Essentially, they work with their clients to set up international operations and employees. The thing that really drew me to Ben is the growth story of Velocity Global. Ben founded the company in 2014, and today, four years later, it's number four on the 2018 Inc. 5000 list of the fastest growing companies in America. Number four in just four years. So my goal was to find out how he did it, how he rose to number four in just four short years. So during the conversation, you'll hear about Ben's sharp focus on being of service, being of service to the community, to his clients and his employees. He'll talk about his advice for people starting their careers. He'll talk about some mentor relationships he's had and how those helped inform the building of Velocity Global and the way he works with his employees. And he'll also talk about his summer sabbatical that he took with his family and how he was able to reconnect with his family and honestly reconnect with the business and have the business really grow in his absence. All very cool stories. So Ben's a thoughtful and reflective person. He's clear and he's concise in his descriptions. He tells a great story about being an entrepreneur and building a company. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Here's Ben Wright, CEO of Velocity Global. Hey, Ben, thanks for joining the podcast today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Jason, looking forward to talking as well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, so I think the first thing we should do, just level set everybody, um, introduce yourself, and uh, just tell us about your job, your company, and how long you've been at it. Absolutely. So Ben writes, I am the CEO and founder of a company called Velocity Global. I've uh, been doing this now for about four years. We launched the business in 2014. Um, and my job is, gosh, everything from vision to chief sandwich maker and, and everything in between. So what? Um, what's the most recent sandwich? What's the most recent sandwich? Well, everybody around here complains because I effectively went plant-based a few years ago. And so actually nobody likes the sandwiches I make anymore. Well, as long as you do, as long as they're nutritious and delicious for you, I think that's what, uh, that's what, that's what matters. That's what matters. That's right. Um, and so tell me about, tell me a little bit about Velocity Global. Like where did the idea for the business come from? Sure. So this is going back a few years. Uh, I'm sort of my career as an accountant, um, went into sales and marketing, been in professional services for much of my career. 
international has always been an undercurrent. Mm. And at, at a previous position, I was an employee of a company where we helped our clients go and set up their legal entities, their subsidiaries all around the world, and then all the compliance and support that they needed when they have a legal entity, like the bookkeeping and the tax filing and, and, and all of the compliance work. Um, started having companies coming to me and saying, coming to us, but coming to me and saying, I get that you can help me set up my company in Brazil, let's say, mm-hmm. but honestly, I've got this gal. I want, uh, you know, we want her to do sales for us. We've already identified her. We would like her to start in a few weeks. I don't want to set up a company in Brazil for just this one person. We're dipping a toe in the market. We just want to test it out. And then they said, can you just employ her for me so that I don't have to go set up a company? Ah, yeah. And it really got me thinking, um, interestingly, interesting, you know, these companies are looking for, you know, this is like early future of work stuff, right? Yeah, right. Uh, they're looking for, honestly, a creative and new way by which to employ people compliantly around the world. So I looked around and really couldn't find anyone else in the market offering a service like this. Um, so so spent a bit of time, spun up, a, you know, a global network of the ability to be able to employ people across the globe. And that's what got us to, got me to actually starting and launching the business. And, and, you know, what we do as a company is if you're an organization and you want to hire someone in a country, but you don't have a legal entity or a subsidiary by which to employ them, which you typically have to have, because you have to have a tax ID and everything that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a network of companies in 187 countries uh, and we serve as the employer for your your employees. They look and feel just like your employees, but we're technically the employer. So how many employees does Velocity Global have today? So internally, today, this very day, and as a matter of fact, I think this is I think this is a monumental day. I think employee one hundred started today. Hey, congratulations. That's that's Thanks that's too. a big deal. That's right. I want to make a big deal out of it, but then I realized, you know, employee 99 probably wouldn't feel so excited well, about sure, that. No, sure, I don't sure. think we will. Um, <laughs> and then we're currently supporting, you know, round numbers called a thousand employees across the globe uh, at this very moment. And those employees are spread across 100, 110 countries. And you're in... Um you're in Denver. Do you have other offices around the world or do you manage everything out of Denver? We do. The HQ is here in Denver, Colorado. A lion's share of our employees are here. But we currently have our own employees in our own offices in a couple locations around the U.S., but outside the U.S., we're in Bogota, London, Amsterdam, Bangalore, Dubai, Singapore, Myanmar, Mexico City. Um, I may even be forgetting a couple. Oh, those are all the those are all the hot buttons, right? Those are the places you read about in the news, right? Where where there's growth and where there are uh, our employees and offices needed. So good to be in those. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so so tell us a little bit about a a day in the life of of you, Ben. So you've got, I mean, obviously you just listed off a whole bunch of places, and you've got a hundred employees, and you're managing a bunch of clients, and you know, tell me a little bit about what what your day looks like. <laughs> You know, the day <laughs> I chuckle <laughs> because how much the day in the life has changed in four years. Yeah. You know, we're a self-funded business. So, you know, that means that my, my wife funded it because she works. Um, 
and and we somehow figured out a way where I couldn't take a salary for 18 months. Uh, okay. So for for the first 12 months, it was literally just me, and and you know I did every single thing and and never got to all of it, but just tried to prioritize the best. Um, you know, fast forward four years, you know, doing about a hundred million in revenue, have a hundred employees, um, you know, have a, a leadership team, have people spread across the globe. The day in the life today is really focusing a lot more on the vision and direction of the company, um, spending a lot more time thinking about and working on our top initiatives of an organization, um, of which, you know, both near term and then, of course, making sure that they tie into that long term. Um, and then making sure that, that we're, we're doing all the things we can to stay, stay close to our clients. Um, I'm actually, you know, at this very moment going through an initiative of, of really getting out and starting to see, uh, some who I haven't met, unfortunately, but I'm very excited too. a lot that I have met spending time with our clients and getting to know, you know, their business issues, what's facing them, how, how we're addressing that, where we can improve, where we're really excelling, you know, wh- where they'd like to see us go over the next five years. So that's, that's a lot of the day in the life. Yeah. So what, what do they say to you when you ask them about their experience being a client, where they want to go, what they need, you know, what are some of the things that, that may not be specifically for, Hey, Velocity Global, you can help me solve this one problem, but what, what are some of the trends they're seeing? Some of the trends you're seeing uh, out there? Great question. Um, you know, specific feedback for us, and, and I'm really blessed about this, is blessed about this, but but no surprise when you hire an absolutely amazing team, um, is that our, that our clients really love us. And I know so many companies say that, but but I, but I hear that all the time, is that we're, we're really blessed with a very engaged, very supportive client base that just honestly really enjoys working with us and, and vice versa. We really love working with them. And so what's cool about that is, is it allows you, when you have that trust and that relationship, to start getting into that, that longer-term picture stuff of, of what they need. And some of the big trends are companies are – there's this amazing and fundamental shift right now of companies saying so many of the things that we've done all along aren't really going to take us into that next level. And there's just general disruption in a very good way happening out there. And it feels like we see it. And it feels like with a lot of these companies that there's so many new technologies Mm -hmm. that are, that are coming out at a pace that just mind blowing, you know, that which is, was available two years ago is, is basically out of, out of fashion today. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think about things like uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchain and, and, and how movement, uh, the movement of money across the globe. Um, you think about the, the use of artificial intelligence and, and, and deep machine learning uh, and how you can make everybody in the organization smarter, reduce latencies and everything that you do. And through all of this, you know, in the world becoming increasingly global, it's how can we move faster than we ever have to go take advantage of opportunities literally anywhere in the world. And the old classic places, you know, where, where the, the big centers, the big business centers around the world are, are absolutely still in play, but companies are trying to figure out 
how can I go take advantage of in those tier two markets and there's tier three markets? And how can I be the first mover? Because the, the pace in which these, these, these countries and these regions are, are growing is like nothing we've ever seen in the history of mankind. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, entrepreneurial spirit, right? I see an opportunity over here. I got to be able to pivot quickly and go and go capitalize on that opportunity. No question about it. No question about it. And and there are still a ton of really successful companies that that focus on their local market, their domestic market, and be the very best at that. And, and, and that's amazing. And we need those kind of companies. In our world, we're talking to the organizations that are truly looking globally. And I can tell you, you know, regardless of macroeconomic global trends, regardless of uh, you know, things that are happening in terms of regulation and, and, and at the, the national, you know, government centers and, and, and this feeling of nationalism and those sorts of things. They're just not really factoring into the conversations for these organizations. They know that the, the, the world is going global and it's going global fast and they've got to take advantage of it. Yeah. This, this is a little um, geeky to talk about, but, um, but I, I'm interested in your experience with GDPR. You know, you're talking about companies that are so interested in clearly using data through cryptocurrency or or artificial intelligence and then you've got you know data protection laws in in the EU specifically you know what's your experience with that and and how do you counsel uh, clients who have concerns and issues with with data protection Love it. Yeah, GDPR, General Data Protection Regulation, um, you know, really came into effect recently. Uh, it's an EU initiative, and, and I'm not the foremost expert on it, but given what we do, I know a lot about yeah, it. Sure. It came in place recently, and it's it's to protect the citizens of the EU around their data. And it's it's not only protecting their data, make sure that it's locked down, but it's it's also giving them ownership of that data for the first time and allowing them the ability to honestly really own their digital footprint. And, and I, I personally think it's not only fascinating, it's important. You need to be able to put this in the hands of the people who, you know, <laughs> this is my data. You know, this is my tax ID, my social security number. This is my earnings. You know, this is my family information. That's stuff that really needs to be protected. It is a challenge uh, for organizations as, as, as all of us really grow in scale to make sure that we're providing adequate protections, adequate access to all of those things. But, but, but it's really critically important that, that everyone is, is doing this. It is serving as a framework for a lot of different companies. And so you have G, uh, a lot of different countries. Mm -hmm. So you have GDPR, but you're starting to see GDPR like regulations starting to pop up across the globe. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and for us, uh, it's, we really see it as a positive. Don't get me wrong. It has come as a, as a large expense. Mm -hmm. uh, it has taken quite a bit of our time, but we think it's, it's, it's time well spent and resources well spent because the better that we can be stewards of, you know, our clients and the employees we support around the world, then, then we're really fulfilling our mission, you know, to be of service to everyone. If we're not locking this information down and if we're not, giving employees the ability to own their own data, then, then we're not really being of service. Yeah. Uh, th thanks for the insight there. I, you know, I, I try to touch on GDPR a little bit when I, when I interview people, when I talk to people, because it's, I mean, from January through May of this year, it was just like 
all encompassing in, in many of our clients and, and inside our company, you know, we have a lot of data. And so we want to be, um, be careful with that. And we understand that uh, certainly with this law, where the EU goes, uh, so goes probably the rest of the world as, as you look at those regulations. So thanks for giving us your point of view on that. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And, and I know that, that you all at, at Outmatch have been doing a lot of work around that GDPR, and, and I applaud you for that. Well, thanks. It was, um, you know, it's it's never necessarily your choice to do those do those projects. There's always something else that you'd say, oh, I wish you could do this. But it is it has turned out to be a, an important uh, part of what we do. So thanks for that. Um, hey, I'd like to I want to turn this back around to, to Velocity Global because you you keep saying some key things. I have a, you know, I'm taking notes here and you've got some key things. So you mentioned you have a hundred employees and uh, you wanted to make a big deal out of that, but, but you thought the 99th employee might, <laughs> might feel put out. You know, you've used the word trust a lot. You've, you, you've talked about being of service to your employees. So let's talk a little bit about your, your employees. You know, what, what do you think makes a, a great, uh, a, a great velocity global employee? Well, first off, they all need to be smarter than I am, um, but that's not really all that high of a bar. So we're, you know, that's we we can check yeah. the box pretty regularly on that one. All right, good. Yep. Um, you know, to be successful here, to really get in the door of Velocity Global, you have to be passionate about international. Uh, because if you're passionate about what you do, it comes out in your work. Yeah. Um, you also have to be passionate about international because when you do business in 110 countries or actually capabilities in 187 countries, chances are you're going to have some pretty early phone calls and some pretty late phone calls. Um, If you don't love what you do, that that can get to be a drag. You know, we, we look for people who assimilate information really quickly. The yes, there may be trends around employing people in regions, you know, Latin America, has some trends that are fairly common across all of the countries. And yet the regulations can vary so much from, you know, crossing one border to the next that not only do you have to be able to quickly assimilate and pick up the trends of, of what it means to employ people in that region, uh, but, but also the real nuances of employing someone in Argentina versus Brazil, which are diametrically different as it relates to an employment perspective. Hmm. Um, you know, we look for people who, who have a sense of, uh, of where they want to go. Um, and because that's really important because we want to tie those individuals goals to the overall goals of the company. And so Mm -hmm. that if we can align those, you know, it's going to make for an unbelievable employee experience so that they always feel like, all right, the direction I'm headed is aligned with the direction of the business, but also aligned with my own career goal. So that's really big. And then, you know, finally, we talk a lot about being of service around here. Um, We are a a professional technology enabled, but a professional service business. Um, And so if we didn't have our clients, if we didn't have the employees we supported, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have anything. And so we talk a lot about how we can best be of service to our clients, uh, to the employees that we support across so many different countries across the globe, but also for one another. And that being of service to one another is a big part of really what we're about. And you hear regularly people walking around the halls here saying, what can I be doing for you? 
Yeah. How can I be of service? Right. And, and whether they may have a brief moment and saying, listen, let me help you pick something up and, and let me help. Or, you know, there's days where you, you can just read the body language and maybe somebody's not having the best day. It's unbelievable. Uh, we, we have a team that, that really kind of acts like a family. And that's, uh, that's been a big key to our success. So where did you, where did you learn to manage like that? Or where did you learn to recognize those qualities in people? Right. I'm not, I just feel like, you know, you look at some businesses and you think, okay, well they have, they have employees and there's a successful company, but they don't walk around thinking about being of service to each other. You know, what, why is that important to you? And, and how did you decide that to bring that as a part of your business? Well, part of it is just simply because it's more rewarding and it's more fun. Uh, if you're spending all day thinking about yourself and being self-centered, it's pretty hollow. And if, if you can lift the spirits or, or you make a difference in, in someone else's life, we've all experienced it. It, 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 it sets us, it's kind of selfish. It sets us on a better path. Um, and in a team environment, that is absolutely the case. I mean, if you have an individual or a group that is, is only looking out for own, their own best interests, you know, and stepping over people along the way, it, it makes for a very poor experience for all involved. And honestly, it, it leads to a, a pretty dysfunctional team, you know, and, and I've, I've, I have been involved in organizations where, People really look out for one another. Um, I think of a, a boss and, and manager early on in my career who who was a mentor in so many different ways, and very little of it had to do with the actual work itself. It was he was truly invested in me in being the best professional I could be, you know, from from getting the work done, but also real simple things like, listen, when you walk into a meeting, you need to have an agenda and you need to follow it and you need to use clear and precise words. And, and those are things that, that enabled me to really uh, excel in my career. And, and, and you know, he, the fact that he took the time out to, to show me that was, was invaluable. So were, uh, you out, were you out looking for a, a mentor and, and, you know, this person was available or did it just did it, did it happen? you know, uh, spontaneously, how, how did that, how did that mentor relationship, uh, come, come to be? Yeah, it was, it was the scheduling department in the big company where I worked <laughs> just happened to put us together. Yeah. And was <laughs> it, a, there, was it a formal mentoring program? No. And we had formal mentoring programs. Um, but for me, the person, you know, it, it's, they have formal mentoring programs, but but in this particular case, it just so happened to be the individual that I reported directly up to on this project. Um, and as I look back on my time, my career there, my my time there, uh, that was that was the highlight. Uh, were all the lessons that I learned from this particular individual, and and the hardest thing for me to do uh, to, to let go of when I when I left that job um, was not being able to work with this particular individual anymore. Yeah. And um, when when you moved on, did you look to seek out another mentor for a different area of the business or your life, or was that was, was your next step into Velocity Global? Uh, no, absolutely. I, I sought out that mentorship once I once I had it. Yeah. Um, and then I, I moved on. You know, I instantly craved it. Um, and you know, we all end up in situations in our career where. You know, maybe we, we get incredibly fortunate and incredibly lucky that the individual that we report up to, you have that type of relationship. 
but there's so many factors that go into it. That relationship could be there for two people, but not be there for, you know, that same person, another person, just simply because of personalities or what have you. And Mm -hmm. so, um, unfortunately from there with only one exception, I was never really able to replicate that, that same kind of commitment to, to helping me grow as a professional. So, so I sought it elsewhere. Um, and I've, uh, I have, I have certainly one mentor in my life uh, that has been a constant since that time, um, that we check in all the time, but I've also surrounded myself with, uh, a lot of other folks along the way Then some that have kind of come and some that have gone, but that main mentor of mine, the, the one lesson he always taught me that I'll always carry with me till, you know, to, to my deathbed and what I share my children with is he said, Ben, you know, you stick with the winners hmm. and it's so simple. But he said, you stick with the winners. Um, and it's what gave me you know, the motivation too, to, to continue to build out that network of mentors for me too. Because, man, if I have one winner here uh, who is willing to, to walk this path of life with me, then imagine what more could be. And so, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a team. Yeah, that's, that's really great. So how, have, you, have you begun to try to replicate that at, at Velocity Global? You know, do you have a mentor program? Do you... Uh, help other people find that in their work, or do you let it happen organically? So we today really let it happen organically. Uh, you know, in 2019, it is absolutely one of the things we want to start taking a look at is a more formal mentor program. Um, but what we really focus on today is is really showing people how to lead, and so that they they really get that mentorship and they get that involvement. Um, and they can be, you know, from your peers, where everyone you sit across from. By the way, we have a an open office environment around here. Nobody has a, an office, myself included. And so, you tend to be able to to work with and spend time with across the organization, regardless of the level, regardless of what uh, you know division they're in within the organization. So, it is fairly easy to start identifying some of those those mentors along the way. Um, but we do work with, with our leaders, you know, and it starts at the top and, and, you know, they train theirs and they train theirs, um, and, and really working with what does it mean to be of service to, to the folks that work for you around here at Velocity Global. And so there's, there's a mentorship that is absolutely a part of being a leader here. And do you have a specific, excuse me, do you have a specific curriculum or you know is this are these uh, kind of a leadership curriculum or is this is this um stuff you've developed over time how how does that program you know showing people how to lead how how does that program work so we, we do have some curriculum one of the things that we introduced this year which I'm, I'm really thrilled about and all kudos to you know our hr team is we've rolled out some uh online training and some curriculum for folks um that that people are, are kind of starting to use and starting to get involved in. And there's some great trainings in there. I, I've gone through quite a few of them myself, and, and I still learn something every time I go through it. Um, we are, for the first time in just a few weeks, actually going to bring everybody globally that works at Velocity Global here back to Denver and headquarters. And we're actually going to spend the better part of two days doing management and leadership training. For everybody, yeah. Um, so it's a you know it is a huge investment for a company of our size, but you know, yes, you can you can and we will be able to show that it is going to be able to impact our business. 
but really the primary purpose to do it is if we're going to follow through on our promise that 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 uh, give these people a once in a lifetime professional opportunity here at Velocity Global, that's going to be a part of it. So when they head out, you know, either within our company or perhaps outside the company as their careers progress, they they have tools which they may not have had before, and then they can carry it on. So uh, I want to talk a minute about um, growth because I th- this so. The story you're telling of leadership and bringing people and having a curriculum, and I mean, obviously, this is something you've really, you've really thought about and you've been actively doing. So, so I, I want to talk a little bit about the growth story of of Velocity Global because it's incredible, it's incredibly compelling, and and I just I want to, I want you to tell it a little bit, right? So you start the business in 2014, and and today you end up and and you're a, you're a, high growth, fast, um, you know driving lots of revenue through the business. Just talk talk about that story a little bit. Tell us kind of the milestones there for, from a growth perspective, because I think it relates to this service leadership uh, employee message that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll start and just talk about some of the, you know, some of the, some of the data along yeah, that sure. growth and, sure. and, and we can then kind of circle back about more of the, the story. So yeah, but, you know, for the first year it was, it was literally just me. Um, I think we managed to, when I, I always use the Royal Wii when I talk about that first year, because it really <laughs> was just me, but you know, I think we managed to cobble together about a hundred thousand worth of, of revenue, um, managed to land four clients, uh, tiny, tiny little organization with big dreams. Um, you know, move on to 2015 and we did two, two and a half million worth of revenue. Uh, it had about seven employees, all of us around one conference table in a tiny office. Um, in fact, you had to, whenever a phone call came in, you'd have to say, yeah, Hey, this has been, hold on just one second. You'd have to stand up and you'd have to walk out of the room. So you didn't disturb everybody else. And as a matter of fact, everybody had to push in their chairs so you can get, you know, walk around them just to even get out of the room. <laughs> Um, you know, move on to, to 2016 and, you know, we did, uh, I can't remember 10, $12 million in revenue somewhere along those lines had grown our team to, to probably 25 people. Um, 2017, it had grown to uh, about 50 million in revenue and had, I don't know what the number is probably 45, 50 employees at Velocity Global, maybe 55, mm-hmm. and really kind of started our own international expansion. You know, fast forward again to, to 2018, and you know we're we're trending about 100 million in revenue right now. 100 employees, offices, and I think it's four different continents. Um, recently recognized as number four fastest growing company on the Inc. 5000, which we're really proud about. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. And, and it's been, you know, it's honestly been a story of a, a clear, now this is me talking, right? Mm-hmm. Take it with a grain of salt. You may want to have to talk to my team and, and validate that this is really true, but, but, but a clear and crisp message around where we're trying to go, what those goals are and what it takes for all of us to get there. And then making sure that everybody is, is not only understands that, but is aligned to it. And one of the things, honestly, Jason, I'm most proud of is for all intents and purposes, and there may be kind of one or two exceptions out there, really everybody who's been with us has grown with us. 
Mm-hmm. So our, our senior team is made up of, you know, folks who are, you know, have been here with us along the way and the next level, same sort of thing. And, um, you know, we're constantly pushing everybody to try to reach that threshold of incompetence like they talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. And then and hopefully push them far past that. Um, and, you know, you can if you need to, you can always go out there and, and find people in the open market who maybe help get you to that next level. But my goodness, if we, we aren't going to continue to try and we haven't been incredibly successful so far of, 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 of keeping those people who really help us build this foundation. Yeah, that's that's really great. I, I love this. The idea of the threshold of incompetence, right? You're you're you're. That to me means they're just new challenges and and new opportunities, often and and you're believing in in your team to to pick those up and and carry them forward. Is that am I interpreting that correctly? Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I'm just not remembering off the top of my head kind of what what book or what theory that came from. But there was, you know, there was a intellectual thinker who who put some some pen to paper on. You know, everybody has their threshold of incompetence and, and, you know, hopefully you've identified when you get there and that's what causes problems when people hang on too long after they've, they've gone past that threshold of incompetence. And so, you know, we, we, we always talk about the opportunities here at Velocity Global are endless as long as you have the interest and the ability. And if you're interested in growing with us, let's go. And if you have the ability and both of us have to be able to make that determination, right. um, you know, then let's go. And I challenge my senior team all the time. And I said, you had darn well better tell me when I reach my threshold of incompetence, right? Because the last <laughs> thing I want to do is, you know, lose the forest from the trees and still think that I'm making a difference here. And everybody says, man, you, you know, you reached that a year ago. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Thanks for coming in every day. But uh, it was really a year ago when you were so, when you were so yeah. effective. Yeah. So uh, we've we've kind of laid the groundwork with the the team um, that you have and your work with them to become better leaders and and employees. Uh, obviously, the growth is incredible, and you, you really, I mean, congratulations on on achieving that. Certainly, with the Inc. Five Thousand list is is a great recognition of that. So, how what are the what are the like the three key metrics that you run the business? Uh, using, you know, you've got lots of moving parts, lots of countries, lots of places, lots of offerings, that kind of stuff. What are the three key metrics that you use to run the business? The the three key metrics that that we really focus on here at Velocity Global is uh, first and foremost, client satisfaction or or client engagement. Mm -hmm. And so we, we pull them periodically, you know, we do a big one twice a year. um, And we identify, you know, we ask, we keep it short, but we ask a series of questions, you know, overall, how satisfied are you with our service? And so that's, that's a big one. If we don't have, if we aren't absolutely delighting our clients, then we're not doing something right. And so, so that's a, that's a huge one. And that, that's probably number one, mm-hmm. you know, as a, um, as a company that has set out our long-term plan and our, our, our long-term growth strategy, we, we look at revenue and that's not a rocket science one, right? But okay. If it, it starts with revenue and if you have that revenue, then, then everything kind of waterfalls from there mm-hmm. and we're able to make the investments along the way that we want to be able to make to hit those, those key metrics and key thresholds along the way. And then three is 
primarily because we are a, a self-funded business, right? We don't have any pockets to reach into. Yep. I sure look at cash pretty close. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, all right, we got revenue going we got happy clients, you know, are we doing this in such a way in which, uh, you know, where we have positive cash in the business and yet trying to invest as much as we possibly can back into the business to, to achieve these really high goals, these long-term goals that we've set for ourselves. And, you know, it's uh, it's a dance and, and it's challenging, but, but those are really, those are really sort of the three. Um, although I don't know, I would potentially add a fourth um, and it's, it's voluntary employee turnover internal. So that's one that we will look at incredibly closely on, you know, that will happen. And we have had a very small number over time, but that's something that I look at incredibly closely because, you know, if you're self-selecting, if you're choosing that this, you know, may not be the place for you anymore, it's probably because we're not necessarily, um, it probably because we're not necessarily providing that, that promise that we're giving to employees. And so mm-hmm. we keep a close eye on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a that's an important one, and I think it's. Um, I know I asked for three, and you gave me four, but I'll give you that fourth one because I think that's a, that fits with the rest of this story, right? About about employees and and really um, investing in them and and the, the the mentorship and leadership training that you're offering to them. Um, let's talk a little bit about that voluntary employee turnover. You know, I would think that some employees over time, you know, Hey, this place isn't for me, or I've outgrown it and I want to do something else are two kind of different types of voluntary turnover, right? I didn't, I didn't like the culture is certainly one that someone selects themselves out, whether that's happened, I don't know, but someone who comes to you with an opportunity and says, Oh man, I just got, I just got an offer. I can't refuse. You know, how how do you help me understand that situation? Do you put those two in the same, in the same bucket as far as voluntary turnover goes, or how do you, how do you view those two situations? I put them in the same bucket, but I view them differently. Okay. Is the answer to the question. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are people who are going to reach their, their, you know, they're going to reach their thresholds. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and they may be incredibly talented people, but they will kind of reach their thresholds and, you know, maybe it makes sense, right? Maybe I need to go spread my wings elsewhere to go, you know, take advantage of another opportunity where I may be able to to scale and grow up with the organization faster. Um, for me personally, I am clearly, as will come as no surprise to anyone listening to this podcast, I am so proud when one of those voluntary turnovers, those voluntary terminations is because Someone is able to take the great work that they've done here and launch their career in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just played a real part in the professional growth of that individual, right? Probably means, you know, more bread on the table. You know, it means, you know, a really cool title. It really means, you know, going and doing something that they, they absolutely love. And um, if we could play some small and we, we do play a small part in that, um, I could not possibly be more proud. I mean, heck, if someday every single person who works at Velocity Global leaves and becomes an entrepreneur themselves, my goodness, you give me the keys of the city. Um, That's, you know, I've done my job. Yeah. I Uh, I just always love populating the world with alumni of the, you know, certainly a company that you believe in, certainly one that you've started, I'm sure. Uh, populating the world with alumni of that company has got to be so rewarding. You know, it just really has got to be so exciting. 
You know, it is. And I can tell you that everybody that, that leaves here, um, I guarantee this, everybody that leaves here is also going to make a really important impact on this world from the stuff that you can't measure. Um, you know, they, they care deeply about being of service. They see just how valuable it is. They care. They see what it means, you know, to really actively participate and engage in the, in the growth of, of the people who work around you, regardless of what level. And so, you know, they're passing that on. And, and for the record, our voluntary termination uh, since the beginning, since the dawn of time, since four years of this business, in aggregate, is 4%. So it's incredibly yeah. low, yeah. but I know, you know, those that have, uh, you know, the, those small few that have left Velocity Global are out there making a big impact. And I'm really proud of that. Yeah, that's great. Um, all right. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I've, you know, when I was, when we were talking before, before this call, just getting to know each other and, and uh, trying to organize schedules so we could have this call. We talked a little bit about your uh, the trip that you went on with your family over the summer, and you have already mentioned your wife here in this podcast, and and you've talked about family uh, a number of times. So tell us a little bit about your experience this summer and how you went about that with the business. Yeah, happy to. And I, by the way, as a precursor, I, anybody who's listening here, you have to do this. I highly, highly recommend it. Figure out a way, make it happen. Yeah it will be worth your while. So with, with that, um, so my wife works for a, a large biotech firm. Um, and after six years of service, they get a sabbatical. And so after six years, she knew this was coming and said, I want to take the whole family to, to Europe over the summer. And she said, you know, given what you do with international business, you can work from Europe, right? And I said, yes, you know, <laughs> I can work from Europe for the summer. Anything but the briar patch. Right. Um, so our plan this, this summer of 2018 was to, you know, pick up the family and go, um, and spend about two months in Europe. Well, over the winter before this, I was spending a lot of time in reflecting on our values, which of which are velocity, integrity, professionalism, empowerment, and service. And I was thinking a lot about the empowerment value that, that we ascribe to here at Velocity Global. And I was also thinking about, all right, am I, am I truly empowering my team, right? Am, am I letting go? Am I giving them the chances to, to succeed greatly and stub their toes when they need to stub their toes and, you know, learn through experience as opposed to me just kind of, you know, sitting over and watching them. And I, I came to the realization one night, it just hit, you know, hit me like a ton of bricks that, no, I need to take this sabbatical too. And I need to give our team, every single person that works here, but in particular, our senior team, the opportunity of which none of them before have actually run a company. Give them a chance to see what it's like to, to run a company for, for a summer. Um, and all the good, bad, and ugly that comes along with that. So, yeah, I, I came in in January and I told them, and there were a few wide eyes in the room, but uh, they... <laughs> They agreed. And so, you know, the, the, my flight was on a Friday morning on Thursday evening. I took a screenshot of my phone of me taking email off of my phone <laughs> and I emailed it to my, my direct reports. And I said, don't bother responding because I'm not going to get it till August 18th. 
Um, and I took the, the messaging systems and everything off and, and I literally unplugged for, for two months. Um, there was a contract that had to be signed because we're setting up in Mexico. So I did get a call on my cell phone and say, we need you to walk over to Kinko's in Spain and get this thing mailed. But otherwise was offline, off the grid. And, and I can tell you on every single level, it was the most impactful thing I could have done. So I, go ahead. I, I, I was just going to say, I'm laughing because. Um, I'm laughing at the take the screenshot of the phone, probably not because it's funny, but because it like is anxiety producing to, to think about, okay, I'm actively choosing to be, uh, you know, incommunicado for, for, for two months is, is, is pretty amazing and should be commended on that. But so, so yeah, tell us about, you know, tell us about what you did then without, without email. I mean, what does one do when you don't have connection to everyone else that you work with? <laughs> well, I reformed the connections with those that I, that I care the most about. And don't get me wrong, I care so deeply about every single person I work with here. But, you know, that's my, my immediate family, right? And it was reconnecting with my wife and it was, you know, getting, getting to know each other, you know, again, a bit more um, when you were together all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And it is it is strengthening those bonds with my son who at the time was nine and my daughter who was seven um, and being together all day, every day and having no choice, everything that we did, we were going to go do as a family. Right. And, you know, there was, there was no getting phone calls. There was no checking emails over dinner. And, um, you know, I read books and, I did not think about the business for about four weeks, but, but the, towards the end of it, you know, it gave me some really good time to actually kind of think strategically and, and, and ponder what's next for us as a company. Um, but it, it's those bonds that, that I, you know, we form with the family um, that we're just, we're, we're tighter now than we've ever been. Yeah. It, it sounds a little bit like active meditation. You know, you just force yourself not to think for a while and all of a sudden, you start thinking of interesting things and, and, uh, you know, ideas and, and things to talk about with, with other people. Were you, were you actively, you know, touring or were you in one spot? You know, what did, how did that trip go? Yeah, we moved around. We spent about three weeks in Italy. Um, the longest stint was about a week and a half in Lake Como. It was absolutely incredible complete serendipity. We ended up in the South of France for, for four days. And that so happened to be Bastille day followed by the French cup, uh, the French world cup victory. So yeah. that was pretty well timed. Yeah. Um, and then we spent about three and a, uh, sorry, two and a half weeks, three weeks in San Sebastian, Spain. Um, and if anyone listening to this podcast likes eating, <laughs> you need to go to San Sebastian, Spain. It's one of the, one of the, the best culinary experiences of my life. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be amazing. I've I've read a little bit about it, and it's it's supposed to be an incredible place. Do you, do you think? Um, did distance have anything to do with your ability to disconnect? Let's say you just said, okay, well, we're going to go to, you know, whatever. We're going to go to uh, I don't know some vacation destination, or you go into the mountains in Colorado, you know, where it's much closer to home but still away. Do you think it would be as effective, uh, or do you have to go far afield? My, my gut. Well, I do think distance matters. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, but my gut says, is I think if you even just get out of, you know, that hundred mile radius, just get out of that town, uh, where you happen to be, 
you know, in Colorado, we have amazing mountains here, and you can even find places where you don't get cell service, so it's easy to get off the grid. Yeah, uh, you can do it there, but I, but I think distance had a big part to do with it. I work with a woman who uh, started a company in Northern California, and we were talking one day, and somebody just mentioned Yellowstone, and she just lit up and went off talking about Yellowstone, and I said, "Wow." You know, you really love Yellowstone. She said, well, it was the only place that I couldn't get cell service. And so when I needed to check out, that's where I had to go because no one could reach me and I could reach no one else. <laughs> thought about the the impact of that, you know, is, is, is really pretty amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, I, I should add, um, you know, we, we talked about a lot about the, the big impact that it had for me and for our family. The, the, the growth that our team experienced uh, mm. over the summer was, was off the charts. Operationally, we were perfect. I mean, everybody just absolutely nailed it. They knew the direction. They're going it. They, you know, they got to make all the decisions, the big ones, the small ones. Um, you know, there were two rules. There were just two rules. You couldn't do one. You couldn't do two, which, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to share with you on here. One of them was you can't sell the company. I can share with you that one. You can't sell the company while I'm gone. Okay, good. Um, but about anything else you can do. And, um, you know, they absolutely nailed it. But the most amazing part about it is, you know, I came back over the summer and sought feedback from everyone. And there were some really cool opportunities to be able to coach coming after the summer, right? Like, all right, if you're, if you're stepping into that top role of an organization or the top roles of an organization, there's finesse, right? And there's there's things that you need to consider when, when you're in that role. And so there were some really cool opportunities for professional growth. And so, man, if you could have operational excellence, but still have the opportunity to coach a little bit so that everybody, when that time comes, whether it's here at Velocity Global or elsewhere, you know, they're going to be ready. That's, that's really great. You know, the, the theme of this podcast in general is all around, um, talent and, and transformation of, of businesses. And I just, the story you just told, I think is, is just such a great transformative story for the people in your business and, and you and your family. I just really a neat and inspirational story. So thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, all right. One more question before we, before we wrap it up. Um, what, what advice would you give to people who are starting their career? No advice to people starting their career. Um, you know, it's funny because when I started mine, I didn't really have much of a plan. Mm. Um, you know, I, I ended up in the business school of my college just because I actually, when I got there, I realized the major I had chosen wasn't the right fit for me. And Mm -hmm. It just seemed to be the the major that most people had jobs coming out of. So I said, okay, that sounds good to me. And then it somehow led me to an internship and it somehow led me to San Francisco. And I kind of woke up one day and I was like, well, how am I here? Right. Um, and so I, I think there's a bit of a lesson in that, in that, you know, set yourself up, stick with the winners, right? Sell, you set yourself up for success. And even if you don't know, even if you don't add, 21 years old, 22 years old, exactly what I want to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. If you have a general sense of what you want to accomplish, then, then, then at least just get yourself down that, that, that relatively right path, you know, Mm -hmm. stick with 
people who are doing good and doing well. Stick with organizations that, that, that really kind of make you passionate and that, that are going places. Um, you know, again, as, as I think about mine is, you know, I, I certainly was not the best student and most of it because I didn't apply myself quite as much as I should have. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I put my, you know, I put myself in the path of, of, of getting myself to the right school, um, getting myself into the right program at that university, um, going and reaching out to some really cool companies and, and saying, just take a flyer on me. And, and I don't quite know what I want to be when I grow up, but, but let's go do this thing together. Um, and then being able to take advantage of opportunities as they come up. I, I think, I think you do that. If you can align yourself and if you can actually come up with, this is really what I want to be in 20 years. Well, that makes it a lot easier because then you can start laying out a path. But if you don't have that, you know, it's okay. And, you know, if I look at, at my path as an example, you know, potentially is never in a million years that I think I'd be the, you know, founder CEO of a company that was the fourth fastest growing private company in the U S right. I mean, I push myself every day <laughs> and yet all those different weird stops along the way got me to this place. And it's not how I would have scripted it. So the only thing that I can attribute it to is, you know, just put yourself in the right position and stick with the winners. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great advice. And I, I love the, I love the phrase, um, stick with people who are doing good and who are doing well. Uh, it's really a neat, it's a neat phrase and, and it's, it's really meaningful. So thanks for sharing that. And, uh, thanks for sharing everything else with us here, your, the growth story and your, uh, trip with your family and, and your thoughts about service and, um, your, your values and even the, even the tactics of the business really interesting. And, uh, I really appreciate it, Ben. Thanks so much. Well, thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you for listening to the Talent Playbook Podcast with our guest, Ben Wright, founder and CEO of Velocity Global. If you'd like to learn more about Ben, I'd suggest starting at the Velocity Global website, which is velocityglobal.com. You can find him on LinkedIn by searching his name, Ben Wright, and you can find him on Twitter at Ben T. Wright. You can also subscribe and download to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, and the Outmatch website. I'd like to thank Ben for his time. Thank Ryan Medine for his willingness to pitch the podcast to Ben and Danny Rowe for coordinating all our conversations and phone calls ahead of time. Thanks also to Greg Rand for the introduction to Velocity Global and Charles Summers and Chris Gardner for their technical assistance. Our theme music is composed by Chris Gardner. Until next time, this is Jason Ferraro saying thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>